Welcome, everybody, to another edition of After Further Review, YouTube Live happening right now. We'll be uh, podcasting very, very shortly after this. I'm Mark Ferrer, your host for today, uh, along with John Pelkey, my co-host, and Jeff Taylor, who is our producer. It is, uh, well, it's a uh, significant day for me because I'm back in Orlando. I've come back into the belly of the beast that is the coronavirus. Yep. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I went on zero, brother. I, yeah, I went away. I, I ran away to New York, which w- the cases were way, way down in New York. Then we went to Vermont, one of three states, oh, by the way, whose cases are going down. So I kept going away and away to safer and safer places. And yet now, here I am, back in Orlando, Florida, Orange County. And, and your days uh, are numbered, probably. There, You know, I'm, you know, I'm up point. there. As you know, point. John, I'm up there, and uh, well, I think I'm uh, just an immunocompromised by definition. You know sure. what I mean? Just oh, absolutely. Just take, take one look at me, and it's you know, it's uh, yeah. e. There you go. Well, I tell you what, it's too bad. Like alcohol in the liver isn't something that uh, prevents this, because I think uh, I think most of us be okay. Be just fine. Yeah, it's too bad. So, Jeff, how's it going? How's the family? How's life? Everything's great. I like to hear it, John. I, did, I know I, you. Before you say that, I did say there is a potential bubonic plague now. So yeah, that's scary. saw that. So I and, the brain, that and the brain-eating amoeba as well. I don't know if you picked up. There's also a they found in Florida a brain-eating amoeba. So you had that on your uh, bingo card, brain-eating amoeba. Yeah, but don't you have to swim in a lake for that? I don't know. I you know I didn't uh, do I didn't do much more of the the the, uh, the research other than the deep that. dive on that. I didn't, I didn't do the deep dive on the brain eating amoeba. <laughs> I just don't. I don't need to be that upset. You have to be in warm, non-running water for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's that that's been an old thing for a while. That's been you know you go swimming and something gets up your nose and you know next. Nah, thing you know, this is, apparently this is this is the this one might be a little more uh, airborne. I, Anyone I, can I, get it. I don't know, but you know I me. Mean? I went kayaking on my birthday, so I was out in the water. The gators all around us the whole time. Mark, you'd you'd have been. You'd have been in your elements. I've I've done the deep dive on this. An amoeba, you get in uh, dirty, non-moving water. So if you were in a river, John, you're yeah. good. You're good. It's moving water. Yes. So let me ask you this: What's this bubonic plague thing happening? Is it is it transported by fleas again, just like back in the day? No. Well, you you guys both said you read something about bubonic. I, I right? did. I did. It, it, in China, they've had one case of a potential bubonic plague. So, uh, and to be right, fair, well, and to be fair, cases of bubonic plague pop up every now and again in some places. So it, it's not it's not as if you know it's just it's twenty twenty now. So the bubonic plague probably knows how to drive. So you know it's probably piling into cars throughout China and headed headed to the rest of the world because. Yeah, sure. that's, that's what I was. That's what I had on my bingo card. It's uh, right. viruses that can operate motor vehicles. That's what yeah. I have for my next. It's a coming. Right. Uh, outside of that, John, how how are you? I know you did the grass today. I know you guys had a had, had kind of a bacchanal. Let me just. Can I just say I cut the grass today because I did the grass today. Is it, it, it's it's insinuating something that uh, again that I can't in, in your mind. That. It's insinuating that yeah, it, 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 is, it gives a very special look, not necessarily a, a nice fun look, but a special look into your brain and where you go with saying that you did anything. But let me ask you this. You had kind of a bacchanal with, you know, because you had your birthday on the second Jody's birthday on the fourth. Yeah. I know you invited people over for the pool stuff and you, you guys basically had a three day Bacchanal party, basically. Now you're back to work. You know, oh, back to work. 
How's <laughs> Jesus. You did the lawn. That's you funny. Lawn. I, I that's, cut the grass today. Work. I did cut my like, my grass. Yes, I did. Yeah. All right. So so what it was? What's it like? How's the, how's that reentry into a relatively normal world been from from leaving the you know the 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 three day Bacchanal, which I know is you know right up your alley. It, you know what? I, I I I hate to disappoint you. It wasn't quite the Bacchanal you might have expected. As as mentioned on my birthday, I went kayaking. And then uh, and then we just ordered uh, we ordered food from a local restaurant that we like and we watched a movie. And then on the third uh, Friday, uh, actually did some stuff around the house. And then uh, I I watched Hamilton three times, uh, twice by myself. And then once uh, we did go over to uh, we have uh, a couple of friends of ours who are in our covid circle or unit. Yes, our COVID unit. So we went over to their house. They had not seen, uh, neither of them had seen Hamilton. And my wife and I both had, obviously Jody and I both had. Uh, so we went over to their house to watch that and have a little dessert. I made a uh, coconut custard, which was delicious. Ooh, yeah, I'm going to make another one. going to make another one. I didn't know you were a baker. Um, I, knew, I knew you were a great chef. I didn't know you were a baker. Yeah, I don't usually like baking because, as I've always said, cooking is art. Baking is chemistry. I'd rather be involved in art than chemistry because you make one slight error baking and, uh, you know, the, 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 the custard can become self-aware or it can be immediately fatal upon art, eating. Art is so much more forgiving than chemistry. Yes, art, art is so much more forgiving than chemistry. <laughs> and, uh, and then on the fourth, to your point, which is uh, my wife's birthday, uh, we, uh, I cooked her breakfast, uh, basically did, did very little. If you're going to have conversations with people outside of the three of us, Mark, then they're going to have to be on camera too. Cause you're looking you away. You, you've got people outside. I just, I just read a comment. That's uh, all I'm doing. I see, just why do you get the comment? I don't get the comments. Yes, so. you do. You have the comments, John. I, I, there are no comments, Mark. Go to live comments. Get live away comments. from private chat. What the hell? Where did comments. those come from? See? Oh, okay. <laughs> God, I didn't know that was there. I didn't even know that was there. See, again, again, I keep getting all the all the crap about being the old guy. And, you know, well, you're surrounded by younger people. You have your kids to whatever it takes, do everything, whatever it takes. And 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 uh, one of the comments was who had five minutes before the first musical theater (laughs) reference. I thought that was funny. Come on now. Wow, that seems late. Frankly, I'm trying to get you where it does. Let's talk about that real quick. I want to talk about it. Can I just finish my story of the Bacchanal? Oh, you were doing? Oh, that's right. Oh, that never mind. No, no, no. Apparently, it's not as entertaining as, as your daughter's comments on the on the live comments. <laughs> I, I need to Good know. Good God. John, it was bad enough when the radio show was Ferrera Family Radio. Now what? with the comments. This is why, the only reason you wanted this whole thing. So your family could chat back and forth with you. Good you know, God. Come on now. There's there's lots of reasons for a lot of things. And, of course, that's one of them. Yes, Jeff, you had, you, you had something to say? I want to know the end of john's story all right so, fair enough so and then we did have our friends uh, tim and lisa who you know who are also inside the bubble they've been by before but we social distanced out by the pool and uh, ordered some food and uh, basically just talk, talked about hamilton for uh, pretty much what everybody did the whole see, that's so nice that that's yeah. a great day there's no doubt about that so uh did you happen to see it jeff by any chance i have not seen hamilton do you have any desire to see it um. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll probably watch it. I know. Okay. I know a decent amount about uh, Alexander Hamilton. So, are you a musical theater fan at all? So I not uh, for a very long time. I wasn't, but uh, I am now. I I find the ones I like them. The ones I like, I like. The ones I don't, I still can't get behind. 
Well, I think you'll enjoy this, and uh, it was tremendous. Not only is it a great, great show, John Pelkey, as you know, and you've seen it twice uh, live, and I've seen it once, um, but the way they filmed that thing, yeah. the way they put that together, the way they edited it, the sound design, the lighting, I, it was such a high-end high end but i've never seen a theater piece that was filmed nine cameras over three days look even close to that and they had individual setups after the fact as well yeah, without and, an audience just to, it, just to plug that that in it it, it, right. it just it is so be, it's like babe ruth compared to every other filmed theatrical production i've ever seen it's it's in a league of their a league of its own also directed by the guy who directed the, yes. the show itself. So yes. I think that really made it helpful and probably just shortened the timeline as far as to decide. He probably knew off the top of his head, you know, maybe 50% of the shots that he was going to go to for specific things because it was his, you know, he had staged the thing. Right. So, yeah, it, it's just uh, it, it's so well done. It's so seamless. And and I, I'd made the comment uh, beforehand. And my, my biggest concern was that it would be, uh, the, the impact of it would be lessened for folks like myself who had already seen it. And uh, while I wasn't as surprised by things because I knew what was coming, it didn't really lessen the impact at all because it was so interesting to get those close-up shots. So I highly recommend it to anybody. Uh, I've seen very few comments and and most of them were the ones you could expect from the people eye like, rolling the I eye rolling one. somebody said someone said on a comment and somebody that you know mark and i will not i'm not going to say her name i will not i will not <laughs> give her it's a her that, yeah, right, good. Yeah. Good, good, uh, good. you know i watched are it. you are you close with this person no 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 were um, you close with this person no at one point? no no it's just someone it's just someone in the in the greater orlando theater community okay so it's it's someone you're, you've been yeah, I'm not going to tell you who it is, so stop asking questions. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the uh, her, her comments were, I enjoyed these performances, this performance, oh, this was great, the staging, the lighting. But my question is, uh, was it necessary? And I'm like, well, what, is any play ever necessary? So I guess it's just, oh, oh, oh wow. God. They spent all this time in this resource. Why, oh, why build... Why build a better car? Is it necessary? I just that just annoyed me. You know, I actually expected a lot more of that, given you traveling in the theater community, and you know, there's been a, there's a little backlash against Lin Manuel Miranda because he's been uh, so successful. Yeah, and yeah. and and there is that always that pushback. And people love to tweet. People love to live tweet during like the Oscars and stuff, and just bash people oh, left yeah. and right. Oh yeah, that's like a I'm, sport. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. But at a point, you know. You know, I I didn't I haven't heard anything like that. That is highly annoying. The other stuff that's I don't even get it. And I don't annoying. get it. Well, is a question. It's uh, it's it's worthy. It's worthy of a a, a minor public humiliation of that person. It it really is. So it's, it's, wor it's worthy of that. Can I it can is. I can I ask a question? Was the person yeah. asking if it was necessary to release it? to disney plus or if the musical no. itself uh, she was asking if the the the, the because she with all the hype and I, I guess it was okay but was it really necessary that you know that this be this story be told basically does this person work at a theme park no <laughs> no no and honestly I just, i'd lie to you now if you got close so mark, don't even just stop mark you gotta wait for the second set of clues you know the first set's very right yes yes right my first couple of guesses aren't correct is it an so active theater person i'll wait for the second set or of progressive retired. trivia 
This person uh, spent 22 years in the Orlando theater. Yeah, no, I'm not going to tell you who it is. The um the other thing too that's annoyed me about it is is people coming on talking about uh how Alexander Hamilton was married to slave owners and you know even though he was had abolitionists uh leanings uh, right. that that this that and the other just undercutting all the stuff that makes it great because of the clear flaws that our founding fathers had right and it goes to my it 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 actually it actually completely transitions to our to our first topic which talks about the renaming of either uh awards out there mm-hmm. stadiums team names uh, the destroying of, of of statues or the elimination of where they are in public squares, it goes to that. And, of course, I think anyone who knows this show knows where I come from in terms of that. I, I, I think, you know, you, you don't honor traitors by, with statues. Do you put them in a, in a museum? I think that's an that's an argument to have. I think that's a discussion to have. It's a museum. Uh, I, I think uh, even with... Andrew Jackson with certain people of uh, indigenous backgrounds or even certain African-Americans uh, have trouble with a statue of his in a public square that they, that that is part of their home. Understood. Then, then I think they, I think they have a point. Do you destroy it? Probably not. Do you put it in a museum? I think that's a good idea, but I think, I think people go too far with that. And, 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 and what, in my opinion, because of course I'm always strategically thinking about, politics is that you're you know you're sort of giving a free issue to to the other side and and they get to talk about destruction and you know illegal destruction of 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 private property as opposed to what's really going on which is really trying to get to the bottom of uh some some serious problems in this country and like our country has done for 244 years you know, learn from it, rise above it. That's what America is about. It's not that we're perfect, but it's that we're always reaching for the next thing. That's what the the country is about, in my opinion. And um, and so if we if we trend, if we somehow go to sports with this, John, you know, we go to the MVP trophy being renamed, perhaps um, in Major League Baseball, which I am completely supportive of. The Redskins name changing, which I'm completely supportive of. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of where that line is in sports, where that line is in the in the public square, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a it's a tough one to traverse sometimes, I think. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I completely agree with that. My my thought about the statues going back is I, I don't actually think all of these statues should be d- destroyed. I, I think they should right. be in a museum and put in the context of sure. when they were put up. You can sure. give the history of who they are. I've, I've always argued this. Erwin Rommel was one of the great military leaders of all time. There's no Erwin Rommel statues in in Germany, but there there is the story of him as military leader, and it puts it within the context of the Nazi Party and uh, and his position in that. Uh, and I think that's what should happen with these statues. So I'm not actually a huge, and I'm not a huge a fan uh, of people going out and just tearing them down and throwing them into harbors. I would prefer to see the authorities. Uh, take them down, put them into a museum, and put them within context. That's just me. I'm a history guy. I, I think you can. I think you can understand um, that people are made up of a lot of different things, and you can the the what the the Confederate soldiers fought for. 
um, at least what the, the hierarchy got them to fight for. I'm not talking about the individual poor soldier on the ground who probably did feel like he was, you know, just protecting his lands or whatever. But um, you can put it into context if what they fought for was was terrible. Now, here, look, militarily, these some of these things they did militarily were pretty genius militarily speaking. Sure. And I think you can keep those two thoughts in your head at the same time. The problem with the statues, as I see it, is that's just read the statues are the headline. It's just a headline. Who is that? Oh, it's Nathan Bedford Forrest. He's one of the finest cavalry commanders of all time fought for the Confederacy. Oh, that's great. Okay, great. Let's move on and move on to whatever. What's next? What's Kanye saying today? Whereas to make to understand history, you have to find out that, yeah, he was also, he made a fortune in selling slaves. He was first Grand Wizard of the, the Ku Klux Klan. He quit the Ku You can throw this in. He quit the Ku Klux Klan because it was too violent. Nathan Bedford Forrest. All of that stuff, into it, uh, it even gives those folks an opportunity to redeem themselves in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you can, it's, you, can uh, you can honor the honorable elements and you can put them in a place where... Uh, The context is fully realized. It's the exact opposite of what some are claiming that you're erasing history. And I want to bring Jeff into this one real, uh, real quick, Jeff, as a, as a little bit of a bubble check with this, um, with this particular a talking point from the right, which is that we're erasing history. You've just heard what John and I have, have talked about and proposed. And uh, I would also add to that that the history is isn't eliminated if you get rid of a statue. I don't think statues represent history. I think they are uh, symbolic of things here and there. But what is your thought about this idea of erasing history? Do you think it's real, or do you think it's a talking point that people run with because it works with the with the you know with that side of 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 people's opinions i think it's a valid argument maybe i know that statues aren't necessarily the history but where does it end if you go and read most people do their reading on wikipedia now which is something that's written by people with a bias and you get rid of the statues you get rid of all of these things and and eventually yes the history can be written well now now let's talk about that let's talk about this idea that where does it end first of all not many people go by the statues it's just the local people for the most part a few tourists here and there so what do you think where does it end do do history books just erase andrew jackson and where is the evidence that that would happen do they erase george washington i mean to me that is a alarmist argument that doesn't have any basis in in fact so help me with this well it has basis in fact in history they the first thing they do is they change the history so you can start following this new version of history i think that the the nazis were a very good uh example of this they burned all the history books they wanted to change the history of germany but where is the evidence that we're doing anything that the nazis did in this country well, what, what there history is books are we burning? There is none. But, well, we're right. uh, we're not burning history books yet. But this is what I'm saying is I'm <laughs> I'm not making the argument. I'm saying it's a valid argument. But but again, if it again, I know you're not making it. But why is it valid if there's no evidence? Even what was the step before burning the books in Nazi Germany? I'm not aware of that. But what I'm well, saying again, is then how how can Mark, you say this? You is a can't valid argument? You, because it is a valid argument that if you, if you start taking away the history, that is a step towards erasing the history. That is absolutely the case. 
If you take okay, down, so, if you take down statues of the people that built right. this country, and you say right. they were racists, and you say they did this, sure. you say they did that, eventually, no one wants to talk about them anymore. You start saying that this so country was built so on statues, racism, and it was. So statues built, are the are the basis of all history, then. No, that's a ridiculous argument. What well, I'm saying that's what is, you're saying. No, it is not you're, what I'm saying. You're saying that if you take down the statues, the burning books are next. I'm saying that that is a valid argument, that if you are taking down a piece of history, that you could go to the next piece of history, to the next piece of history, to the next piece of history, until there's no more history. That's a valid argument. I don't think it is because there's no evidence of that. That's just speculative. <laughs> there's, never speculative evidence, argument. there's never evidence of anything before it happens. So it's so in other words, it's a speculative argument based on nothing. It's a speculative argument to say that it's not going to happen based on nothing. Not I, I would not agree because there's Mark, has, Mark 50 years ago, people would have laughed you out of a room for saying that one day they were going to people were going to say that any of the founding fathers were terrible people that needed to be, their statues needed to be removed. OK, 20 First years of all, ago, founding fathers statues aren't being removed. And and if 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 Andrew Jackson, by the way, was not a founding father, true. And uh, and the other thing too is that remember Mark, these statues, Mark, don't represent. Hang on, Jeff. They don't represent history because they were only put up during the Jim Crow era to glorify to glorify the Confederacy. Well, here's and, and they weren't they weren't put up right away to honor these generals. They were put up 50, 60 years later. And all history is, has bias to it. So for you to say because a, a statue wants to be put in a museum, so let's say they, they are all put in a Mark, museum. Does that Mark, argument get let, undercut? Let's, let, let's, back, let's back this off a bit. The fact of the matter is that they are trying to take down statues of the founding fathers. George Washington, a founding father. Thomas Jefferson, a founding father. So they are talking about taking down statues of the founding fathers. Now, now, go ahead and give me and those examples. I just did. George no, Washington. No, but wh who's doing that? Who's doing that? There are calls to take down the Jefferson Memorial. There are calls to take down the Lincoln <laughs> Memorial. That is actually happening. You're you're laughing the okay. same way that really people would have laughed. Jeff? No, I don't think it's going to happen. Of course not. No, but I'm saying that that if you if you kowtow to the people that are making these arguments, whether they are are legitimate or not, it eventually can become something that happens. I will agree with you there in the sense, and this is where the point comes back full circle, is that uh, there are extremists everywhere. Yes, and that there that the, those people who are calling for the removal of the Jefferson Monument and the Lincoln Memorial. Or the Jefferson Memorial and Mount Rushmore. That's true. Yes. that's true. But that that's that that's a in, in my opinion a, a bit of a different. I'd be an excellent resource on any discussion yes. on Mount yes. Rushmore. Yes, you, you are because like, you, you you did the uh, you I did the audio, the audio tour. tour. I know all about that. That goes back to the Lakota and the and, and the but, land being stolen from them as much as anything else. That's true. Do you, I mean, the land the land itself was stolen, and so right. and we, so therefore that's a different argument, I, Jeff. But I, I feel I feel. But but before we go there, can I can can we just admit that it seems like the United States seem to be the only place where we talk about stealing land from people land has been stolen from every everybody throughout time so if we're going to talk about international examples why doesn't germ is germany erasing their history because they don't have any statues to hitler no they're not erasing their history because they don't have any statues of history of, of hitler they're erasing hitler because hitler was attempting genocide 
Okay. And legitimate genocide. Not the oh. Jews were attacking him or raiding his his people's homes and trying to kill them. They were a problem because of the fact that they were Jews. No, no, I don't think anybody came to the United States of America, what is what is now the United States of America, and said, we're going to kill off all of these Indians because they run the banks and they're they're devils. I think what happened was that they came here, they were colonizing, the natives did not like it, and there were battles, and some of the stuff got out of hand, but the reality of it is that throughout the history of time, and yeah, there, there if you go to Italy, if you go to Rome, Julius Caesar stole a shitload of land and they have and statues of, that, of him most all of that was over returned place. by the way most of that was returned to the in- indigenous people the roman empire doesn't exist anymore oh by the way well it's just italy so nor, nor the british empire for that matter right so also stole a the, lot of land the, i think we can agree the that northern, the, the Ir- and, irish would disagree in northern ireland that the the british are are not still colonizing northern ireland am i mistaken there that'd be it but i mean the vast majority of the british empire is gone yeah, I mean, because, they're still hanging on to that. But, one, but 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 because but because somebody came back in and took the land back. That's why not because the, the Romans decided, hey, we're going to go ahead and give all this stuff back. They were beaten back because they spread themselves out too thin. And then the stuff was taken back. So if it's taken back by force, it's legitimate. Yeah. If it's given yes. back, it's illegitimate. It, it, it was taken. <laughs> it was taken by force, and and it should be given back by force if you want the so land. We, to take we can it. agree there's extremists on both sides of this. What do yes. those statues of Andrew Jackson say? And uh, and let's not talk about the Jefferson or Lincoln <laughs> Memorial because that's okay. We, we'll take those crazy off. But to George, talk about but George, legitimizing George Washington. Things. George Washington statues are they're attempting to topple them. They are trying to take them down. Who's who's attempting to topple them? People, I'd have to I'd have to look at where it was, but it was Portland or Seattle or one of these places. So there was one large. example of that, and I okay, think that will, that will be handled. But I think it's crazy to think that that is going to be where what it what happens. I think that Confederate generals should be in in museums. I think Andrew Jackson, frankly, should be in a museum. And do you think that erases history? If that happens, it's a valid argument for people to make because it is a step in the direction of taking. If you put it in museums, of, it's a step in the direction of erasing history. How so? It's a step in the direction of taking it and moving it away from from people to see, unless they go to the museum. And it and the next thing is, okay. if you've been to a museum, most of the fine art in the museums is kept in warehouses. So they're like, oh, let's shift this to a warehouse. And then the next step is that we never see it again. I mean, it, it is a it's a valid. That's argument. crazy, Jeff. That that that's crazy. Uh, that really is. People have been that's called crazy, crazy throughout no, that's time. That's crazy. That is crazy to say that putting things in a museum erases the history because people don't see it. You, you're making people you're, who live you're in making, those areas that hate to see Andrew Jackson every day on their way to work. You're you're making. How about you choose? to see andrew jackson in a museum that's history there's no erasing of it and it's crazy to think that that's a legitimate argument if those things are to be put into a museum then i guess i'm crazy because it is a legitimate argument that if you start if you start taking away small chunks of history how are you taking it away if you move it into a museum because you're taking it because you feel the need to take it out of the public square and put it into a room okay then that's that's a valid in a place where people can see it on their own volition you don't have to force people to see something that subjected their people well, okay, for that, hundreds of years. In, in that in that case, then yes, we are celebrating. Uh, the, then we are still acknowledging the history of the Nazis by having that stuff in the museums. 
Well, they they keep uh, Auschwitz open. They keep Dachau open. Yeah. So they're, they they've made those museums. They've made them museums. Yeah. Which I think is what what we should do with with these Confederate generals. I'm not sure how that's a problem. I to be honest with you, you are asking me. Do you if you ask Jeff Taylor, does he care if the statues come down? I don't care. They, I don't see them. I don't think we have any here in Orlando. It's not a big deal to me. But if you try to say that it's an invalid argument that the that trying to chip away at that history is 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 potentially trying to erase that history. And Mark, we are literally being told on a regular basis by people in positions of power that this country is a terrible place to be. It is not a terrible place to be. It's one of the best places in the world to be. And the proof of that is people from all over the world long to be here. This is a great country to say to say that there's you have no argument from me or from John. And and by the way, we have throughout history learned from our mistakes and made things better. And I think it's it's arguably the best places place in the world for African-Americans to live. So I think I I think I led with that, that what makes our country great is that we learn from our mistakes and that we and that we grow and that we evolve and that we. Uh, we are the world. I agree. The entire world is here. So we have all the, the world's brains, the world's resources. We have all of that. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And, and that's what makes our country great. And so if we are to transfer some of these uh, statues into a museum to do what the Germans did, for instance, with Dachau and Auschwitz, if we were to do things like that, I think all that works well. well I do think there's extremists, time, time the, out the people that are calling time, for the Jefferson Memorial. Time out for a second. You're making a weird argument by saying they moved Auschwitz into a museum. They didn't. They, no, made, they made it, it, it a museum. Okay, so, what what, so why can't we make the Andrew Jackson's statue a museum? Why don't we? Well, if, if we want to put a museum around that in the public square and build a museum around it, sure. Why yeah. not? Then people in, in the public square, then they'll create a different public well, square. Well, the funny we thing can, to me, can... though, is that when you're driving down the road, when you're driving past Auschwitz, you don't say, oh, look, there's the museum that they built for. No, you say that is the prison camp where the Jews were killed. Yeah. Dachau, Auschwitz. So basically they are there as a statue to what happened back then. Well, they have put a lot of context around it. They have made it a museum, Jeff. So it, you may drive by it. And if you're, I don't think you can drive by the Andrew Jackson one I'm talking about because it's a public square where people are walking. So if you're driving by it, that's probably, you could walk, probably a problem. You could, drive you, could also walk, you could also walk by Dachau and Auschwitz. So well, all, I'm, all I'm saying I is... I haven't been, so I don't know if you can walk by it. But the problem, all, all I'm saying is that if there's context around it, if there's museum-like context around it, there is context they, around these statues. There aren't. There, there, there aren't. Are, there, it's are. in Louis. This one in, in in Andrew Jackson is Louisiana, and it's celebrating his victory in New Orleans when the War of 1812 was already over. That's okay? true. Now that's what that is celebrating. It's not talking about so you're, you're, the trail of you're tears. Basically it's saying, not talking about how many hundreds of slaves he owned. It's talking about that particular battle okay, that happened so, in New so, Orleans. Okay, didn't so, even matter. So okay, so all you're saying is take down that one Andrew Jackson statue. I'm saying that's put all. it in a museum. Okay, the one statue. It. The one statue. Fine. I don't think that, anybody's going to argue that if there are statues the of Andrew Brian Jackson. Kilmeade, that's the one Brian Kilmeade was in front of when he interviewed people when Fox was trying to make the point that it was erasing history. So that's the one I use. Yes. Again, <laughs> Jeff, if, if we're talking about taking people seriously, you want to take down the Jefferson Memorial. 
Of course not. Or the Lincoln Memorial. Of course not. George Washington statues. I agree. But this is like 0.05% of what's going on out there. It's really about these Confederate statues. You are literally making an argument saying that you see the future because the fringe used to be the people that were saying down take down an Andrew Jackson statue that used to be extremely fringe but now it's become more mainstream it so was when- if, if you look at your history Jeff I just I just saw a, a documentary of 1968 nothing is no this this is not fringe this is not even close to what 1968 protests were about with the black panthers and with uh with with indigenous protests and with protests about our history this I, is I, not I, even close to what that is so I historically don't, I don't we are not we are not going further that way we're just revisiting it, it I, just I don't I don't think you listen to what I said I said taking down the statue of Andrew Jackson would have been someone on the fringe now I it's become mainstream. No, they no, they were talking about taking down all kinds of other cultural artifacts back in 1968. So let's move on. But we got your bubble. I don't know why you didn't chime in, John. I was hoping you would, but that's okay. You were being fair. It was a one-on-one conversation as opposed yeah, I to us banging up. On I was all ready to talk about uh, Mount Rushmore and uh, why it should be blown the fuck up, but that's just me. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, to 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 bring this around, Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Now that we're 32 minutes in, Kennesaw Mountain Landis uh, was a, um, well, I would say probably a major architect in making sure baseball was segregated. He was the, he was the. uh, Yeah. So we're talking 70 years, maybe. No, not quite. Probably 50, a good 50 years of segregation. He was given, yeah, he was given uh, unprecedented power uh, following the White Sox scandal, which uh, Major League Baseball was afraid. You know, it was so early. It was really still even baseball had been around at that point for 50 years or so, professional baseball. But there was a lot of concern that uh, because the, to put it in context, the gambling thing had there been rumors of the gambling thing all around baseball. And there, there was a fear from the owners that if they did not appear strong and, you know, they had to put someone in charge. Uh, because Charlie Comiskey had as much to do with the, the White Sox cheating as did the players, for God's sake, because he he cheated them left and right, and that was part of the right. problem. So and they wanted somebody. Kennesaw Mountain Landis is the is a former commissioner of baseball. We he was hired to be the commissioner of baseball in the wake of the of the Black Sox scandal, um, and uh, was given unprecedented powers because the owners felt like everybody seemed to think that it was out of control and they were really to blame as, as much as the players. And there's probably some truth to that, frankly, because it, it was still the Wild West there. But uh, Landis was he was a driving force to keep baseball, uh, baseball segregated. The other thing about Landis is too, if we're talking about, it, he was a lousy commissioner. He was not a great baseball commissioner in any way shape or form if you look at the history of the of the 19 uh, of the 1919 white Sox, those guys were not treated fairly and other not people other people who could have been brought into that scandal and and prosecuted and questioned were not uh it was it was a uh it was a show trial in many ways so baseball could say look we cleaned everything up um so uh landis really never should have been on any mvp trophy i would be 100 percent behind that and again not throw out the deseg the, the segregation thing he was just a lousy freaking commissioner so maybe that's a better uh better topic to have is that do we take people's names off trophies if they're just incompetent maybe that's the you sure. know it, it make yeah. it a true people who are incompetent on trophies 
Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's not like somebody goes, hey, you know, the MVP award. How about that Mendoza guy? I mean, honestly, (laughs) it's equal to that. It's like, you you gave it to somebody under a false pretense when it comes to land. So who who decided that Kennesaw Mountain Landis would be on the MVP trophy? Well, I'd, I'd assume it was presented in Bowie Kuhn. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you, if I'm a betting man, good God, are you kidding me? That guy. God, are you reading, I'm, you, I'm sure you came across stuff in the Reds uh, deep dive, oh, yeah. and I certainly did the A's deep dive. Boy, talk about, geez, he was the right of Barry Goldwater, for God's sake. Uh, he, uh, so I don't know. I don't know when that happened, but but there was a there was a, a, a mythology built up around Landis. And you know what Landis was really good at? Was uh, promoting Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Uh-huh. I think uh, I think in the Ken Burns baseball uh, documentary, which I reference far too often, and I apologize. I think he held the record because he was like an a, appeals court judge, and I think he held the record as at a certain level, a circuit court or an appeals court, for having his decisions overturned. That he was this guy who just he it was all about it was my name's in the paper. You know, he'd make these flurry, big flourishing arguments for something, and the next judge, the next step up would go, there's no basis in law for this, and throw it out. So Landis is, uh, you know, he's P.T. Barnum. Yeah, and so it's more than time to change that name. And they're proposing right now, or at least Buster Only is proposing, that uh, writer for uh, ESPN.com, Frank Robinson, which I love, one hundred percent behind that. Yeah, I just love it, and 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 I have a connection to him, and as do you, obviously. Yeah. Uh, he was a Baltimore Oriole. He was there for that seventy World Series. He was there for the sixty-six World Series. Oh, by the way, and he's the only guy still to win MVPs in both leagues. That's pretty remarkable when you think about it. In his yeah. era, nobody played in both leagues. I mean, it was a tiny percentage of guys who ever left their team, frankly, in that era. And now guys are playing, you know, all-stars. 16 years in the all-stars, but he played for nine different teams in that period of time. It's remarkable. And, and you know, Gaylord Perry was the first to win Cy Young Awards in both leagues. Mm-hmm. Gaylord Perry uh, originally uh, played for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, he played, if you and, had and, 30, 40 minutes in. And Frank Robinson, oh, by the way, managed the San Francisco Giants yes, in a great did. 1982 season where they almost overtook the uh, the Joe Torrey-led Atlanta Braves. Uh, that The thing is, is that he that record stood for a long time, winning a Cy Young in both leagues, stood for a long, long time. Uh, and then, of course, because of free agency, because of everything just changing so much and, and interspersing so much, you know, you have like three or four. Uh, uh, Roy Halladay is, is one. I think Randy Johnson is one. Maybe Pedro is one. Yeah, and maybe there, there's well. a lot of them now, and right. so it's it's as equally remarkable that he won two in both leagues in in the '60s, and then it's equally remarkable that he that no one's no one's tied that record since that time. Right? No, I I agree. I agree. It's it, one of those it, remarkable baseball records. And so, just that's an MVP. So that's the trophy that we're given out. So let's just start with that argument. Then he's also, Oh, by the way, the first African-American manager in major league baseball. And the second, he was the first African. He was hired the first team to the Cleveland Indians hired him to be a manager. And the next time a team hired an African-American manager, it it was Frank Robinson. And that might've been the giants. Actually, I think it was, and nobody came in between. So he was in, in theory, the first and the second African-American. I love Frank Robinson. Me too. And I interviewed him. 
Yeah, and we did too. He was he pretty was, ornery. He, he was, was pretty ornery, so yeah. ornery, and yeah, I yeah. loved every minute of it. Sure. He, was with, he was with the Expos, and it was at that point where they're loading yeah. up the U-Hauls to drive them to Washington. So probably wasn't a lot of fun being uh, um, an Expo at that point in time. But uh, we went. We wanted to interview him, and uh, he was just crusty and everything. But as you know, when we worked at the ESPN Club back when uh, when sports were a big thing over there at Disney, uh, and when we, we had you know legitimate jobs. Well, yes, exactly. I wouldn't say legitimate, but 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 jobs, actual jobs actual in our chosen profession. Which um, we could we could uh, if a player were, would do an interview with us or whatever, we were trying to build a relationship with them. We could offer them you know free golf. And I've always said, no matter how much an athlete makes, guy could make the athlete that signs the first billion dollar a year contract, who may never ever want to talk to anybody. If you offer them a free round of golf at a decent golf course, they will they'll they'll literally fix you dinner. They'll do anything. They just for some reason, free golf is that's the thing. Yeah. So we were asking Frank Robinson, he's like, I don't want to no way, you know, and it's that thing. And then, you know, uh, Mr. Robinson, you know, I just uh our producer, very smart, he said, Well, listen, I understand you're busy right now, but I just want to give you this. If you ever want to come to Disney and you, you know, you ever uh, want to play a free round and get your free round of golf, we can get you all set up, anything you need, blah, 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 blah. And so Robinson just looked at it for a minute and then he walks over kind of sheepishly and he's like, All right, I got a couple of minutes. So we talked to him, we do the interview, and it's great. He's terrific in the interview. It's a big thrill for me being an Orioles fan. And then he I've said, All right, skip. And we have three questions. You know, we didn't we didn't badger him or anything. Three questions. And uh thank you, Skip. Really appreciate it. He walks about five steps away, turns back around, and walks in, and holds up the card, and he goes, Now I can get free golf for that, right? <laughs> he was so still uh excited. And I think we did get him free free golf. So Frank well, Robinson would be my vote me, me too I, I think that's a no-brainer i love it let's do it let's knock it out the next thing is the redskins and i'll tell you minority owners are bailing on uh dan snyder right now yeah and, and that's apparently and i've done a lot of because as as a skins fan and, and jeff may have done some of this too look at it, these guys have had an issue with snyder for a while this is uh-huh. not this is not just over this He's lost minority owners before, yeah. and these guys have been unhappy with the relationship with Snyder for any number of reasons. So this is just one additional thing on top of it. And I guess he's meeting with Ron Rivera, which is interesting in terms of try- trying to come up with a new name. Uh, one of the thing, one of the name. Well, first of all, do you agree, both Jeff and and John? Do you agree this is a done deal? Yeah. This is this is gonna happen. Do you agree, Jeff? No, I, I think that the minority owners bailing right now is a sign that he's sticking to his guns, but we'll see. Oh, interesting. All right. Well there's a little bit there's a little bit of a belief that he's he's gonna try to drag his feet on it a little bit, maybe to, to get you know, he's just thinking if I can drag my feet on it long, it'll stop being a cause celebrity. I don't think that'll happen. I think it's gonna change. Um, whether he wants to or not. Yeah, it's just a money thing. It's like, you know, Nike and FedEx, and it's like, do you really think UPS is going to come in there and say, let's do naming rights, and do you think Adidas is going to come in there and say, all right, we'll take over what Nike will. I mean, do you really think they're going to Well, and I also think risk in, that kind I also, of public let me, let me play this chain. card. Uh, in, a, in a year where there's going to be, uh, in uh, no, any way you look at it, there's going to be decreased revenue uh, across the board Right. The idea that uh, that you come up with a new logo, new uniforms and everything, and you can market that stuff and sell that stuff, it, it may actually financially benefit Dan Snyder to change the name. Did, did you Take see out the, yeah. uh, the, the folks who are, uh, are bailing advertising-wise? Because to Jeff's point the other day, he'll probably, he could probably find other advertisers, Mr. Really? Pillow. 
Yeah. My favorite MyPillow.com stadium and uh, yes. everybody's buying jerseys on Sperry.com. Yeah, exactly. The exactly. whitest shoe company on the planet. That's right. Uh, that's right. Uh, so there you go. Maybe. Th- th- but I think they might. there might be a revenue stream in, in releasing uh, other. Mr. Pillow. Uh, yeah, I saw the Washington Generals uh, comment. That's that's, that's been pretty going funny. Right. I, listen, I'm the one of I've somebody just asked me uh, via a, a good friend of ours, co-host for Run Disney, asked me what my opinion was on the name, and I said, you know, that I I, I favored either Warriors or Red Tails at this point seemed fine with me. Warriors, if you're going to change it quickly, because you could just go back to those throwback uniforms and you would have to come up with thing. I like Red Tails for the uh, social significance of it, but I, I said I would Tails. go for the Generals because uh, essentially the Redskins are cannon fodder to the Harlem Globetrotters that are the Red of the league so sure washington generals why not i'm still pulling for the rednecks <laughs> <laughs> i like the red tails i like the red tails that's my favorite i don't i don't like it i don't like the way it sounds i'm not a huge fan i like warriors i also they were saying they, they may go with capitals with the o instead of the a hmm. so uh interesting <laughs> wow that I, I could just, yeah, that that'd be. I don't think that'd sit right too well with Ted Leo. No, they're, they're not. They're not. They're not very good friends. No, uh, they're not. They're not particularly close. But uh, why not the Senators? Just go back and do it as like the because I thought the Nationals should have been the Senators. Frankly, yeah. I agree with that. Now, uh, because I'm not very good at hosting these things, I we didn't get a progressive trivia. No, I just went into the other thing. I just I know. did it. Well, that's okay. So should I do two sets of clues? Um, what do you think? Boy, it's your show. Do what you want. For God's sake, man. The hottest places in hell are reserved for those in times of crisis. Maintain their neutrality. Make Make a choice, Mark. Make a fucking decision, Mark. All right. All right. I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to go for two. Oh, well, Mark, 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 Mark. Yes, sir. Your mother wants to know what the social significance of red tails is before you get to progressive trivia. I see that. And I know she's one of your favorite listeners. And uh, and uh, I understand why as well. Uh, Mom. Red tails uh, signify the Tuskegee Airmen that were that black uh, uh, um, segment of the Air Force in World War II. All black. Uh, Tuskegee Airmen, they were heroes. They did a great job. They were segregated, and they still fought for their country despite all that stuff. It's a great story. And uh, I agree with Jeff a little bit. It doesn't it doesn't roll off the tongue like it should. You know, you'd have to roll that one out. You'd have to roll that one out with new uniforms and logos. It would be a much bigger deal. So that's why, you know, with this push to have it happen quickly. And and, and Ron Rivera said he would like to have before the season. I don't even know if that's possible logistically at this point as we're in, you know, second week in July almost. Um, But uh, but that that's the thing for Red Tails. If it were to make change to that, I don't think they'd be able to do that right away. All right, so here we hey, go with progressive hey, trivia. Uh, I tried to do this behind the scenes, but uh, the you have not shared your screen yet. So if you were going to do the the PowerPoint, we're not going to be able to see it. Okay, so here we go, everyone. You can see the behind the scenes. Man, you get all bunged up in the social there justice stuff, and just I did not, not doing your That's job. All right. That's all right. I'm all I did. That's all right. No, we're, we're, having, all. we're having lively conversation here, for God's sake. What are what are people going to do here it's, in Florida? I guess you're you, shutting everything down again. I guess you know what. How do you define your job? I guess I would say 
the social conversation was as important, but you would say, well, no, both are important, Mark. Your job is to balance and to do all of that, to spin those plates at the same time. That's your job as host, Mark. It's and, awfully uh, effortful, though, and I can see where you'd, 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 you'd well, try to err, err and on the side of not efforting things, because that's me. <laughs> I'm right there with you, brother. You know who right, they shouldn't Jeff. have statues to? You and I. Yeah. For well, a number of reasons. For damn sure. Although, if, I, if they put them up, I will chain myself to them, and nobody will ever ever touch those statues good god no matter what we dig up in your past they are staying we need a we need we need a somebody to draw a cartoon of that a statue of mark and i and then jeff just chained to it i don't care nobody's tearing these things down no matter how bad the the caption will be don't tear down mark and john's history (laughs) don't erase mark and john's history and then, then there'll be another caption of like you know thousands of uh, hordes and hordes of people thousands saying please please eradicate it john's history eradicate it all right i'm straight to hell with the yankees fans is that jody <laughs> and trudy standing right up front what's that is that okay. jody and so, trudy standing right up front uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah please oh yeah they'd be they'd be in the front of the line there's no doubt about it all right here all we right. go uh i'm gonna do this jeff you ready i'm ready all Here right. we go. Looking for Major Here. League Baseball player, past or present. Hang on now. Hang on. Hang Momentarily on. the clues as we're building dramatic tension. And here they go. Here's this. All right. Ooh, there's that. Ah. All right. There it is. Go ahead, John. All right. I've spent nine seasons in the majors. I played in the National League and the American League. My career numbers, a 315 batting average, 1,500 plus hits, 500 plus RBI, and I played in 10 postseason series. So we're going on to the second set, Mark. That's the we decision that's been made. All right. Look at this. Ooh. All right. Here we go. <laughs> My uh-huh. I look fat in that picture. I don't care for it. I'm a six-time All-Star. I have 13 home runs and 29 RBI in the postseason. That's pretty darn cool. Uh, led the American League in steals twice. And I've won an MVP award. So one more time, I'll go through them all. We don't have to put them back up on the thing unless Mark wants to. But I'll go through them uh, for those of you listening uh, on the pod. Nine seasons in the majors. Hang on. Here we go. All right. There you go. Then do it again. Nine seasons in the majors. Played in both the National League and American League. Career numbers of 315 batting average. 1,500 plus hits. 500 plus RBI. Played in 10 postseason series. I am a six-time All-Star. 13 home run, 29 RBI in the postseason. That tells you two things, Mark, you know. Uh, led American League in steals twice, and I won an MVP. The 13 home runs and 29 RBI tell you that he was productive, and he's played in a lot of postseason games. Indeed. Indeed. So uh, this is a good one, Johnny. This well, is yeah, a very good I, one. I wondered when you were reading it, because I had, you said it to you to put on the thing, I wondered when you were reading it if you thought the first two set of clues were, were too easy of a giveaway. But uh, I, I think I it's think so. I think it's a pretty good one, and there is one one of those clues is uh, to throw people off clearly, and I think you know which one I'm talking about. Yes, yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah, it's so, a little so. So, folks, there's a throw off clue there. Just uh, all right. So those those clues. It, it's good one though. I mean, you did say I've played, and that's helpful. I've played as opposed to I played. I've played. Right. So it gives a it gives an idea, and that's big. If someone either is either an active player or a retired player, we used to do that as a clue at the club. Remember that was one one of the clue one of the clues might be I'm active. Um, yeah. But now we kind of feel like we you know that's kind of a nebulous clue. I like to try to come up with a few more. 
Try to come up. Well done. Well done out of you. All right. So now we're talking opening. And I want to I want to lead off with this, Jeff, is the NHL has finally given us where they're going to play and when they're going to start. It looks like it's two bases of operation in Toronto and Edmonton. What do you think about that? Do you think that's cool? I like it. I love it. I, Canada. It's like I, get away from everything. I love it. It's and the reality of it is that the border. They wanted to do it in Vegas. There was no way they were going to be able to do it in a Canadian city and Vegas. They weren't going to be able to come back and forth. Those are two storied NHL uh, cities with great yep. fan bases. And I think it's going to be awesome. I, I look forward yeah. to I don't care if they played on Saturn and Venus. Just <laughs> please televise it and do it soon. Yeah, give, give me some hockey. Now, this is interesting because the NBA is starting right now. keeping that ice fresh on Venus. Good Lord, that's hot over there. I don't know. I watched the documentary about the guy that does the stadium series. I think he could pull it off. <laughs> he is great. So, they are great. Oh my so God. now... They're, uh, the NBA is starting right now. They're sort of preseason in Orlando. They're already there, John Pelkey. Some already teams, at, some not everybody yeah. yet. A lot of them are at the ESPN Wild World of Sports. Most of them a, checking in today, as a matter of fact. They're, they're heading down today. It's a big, it was just watching a special on it. A place where we used to work. Never shall again. And never shall again. And But, the, but hockey isn't starting to the 13th, Jeff. And the, yet their starting date is, I think, just one day later. Then the NBA. You think that's too truncated? No. Of a quote unquote preseason? No. Nope. No, I think they'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's pretty fun. I love the idea of Edmonton and Toronto. I really do. And uh, I think the NBA, they're feeling pretty good despite the fact, John, that their uh, percentage of positive tests are, are seven times what Major League Baseball is really interesting. I mean, can you make the argument that baseball players are just a little more um, scaredy cats than NBA players. because well, certainly Buster Posey, who's talking about sitting out, I think he we ha- know. He, he hasn't sat out yet. He's talking there about it. Two He's nationals in- have, including Ryan Zimmerman. So I know. I and, know. And just saying. Two just test. The Washington Nationals had to close down because two t- players tested positive. Yeah, I don't think they're the only camp. I think a couple of uh, camps have had the, uh, in the Nationals were supposed to have uh, scrimmages with the Astros, and I think the Astros are doing. Also in Major League Baseball, it should be pointed out, and this is something that we've talked about a lot on this show, is not only do you have to have the protocol in place, you have to uh, you have to go through with it. It, 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 it. You have to make it work on the ground, and they're failing in Major League Baseball a little bit because guys are talking about um, tests that they were supposed to have find out the results yeah. in 24 hours it's been 72 hours they haven't some tests have been lost they've had apparently there was testing vials for i think it was the a's that were left somewhere over the weekend and it wasn't a holiday weekend so there may be a little bit of that involved but um they're they're struggling a little with the implementation of the rules at this point it, but we all knew that right. might be a, a, an issue well there's you know 24 actually 30 on the active roster now and there's 12 on NBA active rosters. What's what's hockey? What are their active rosters? 15, 20? No, uh, I don't know the number offhand, but I could probably do the math. So keep talking and I'll tell you. At any rate, uh, and then there's all these a v- variety of locations. It's not under one area. Right. I mean, it, it makes sense that they're a little bit more disorganized than, than basketball is right now. Yeah. Which, we were all in one one location, but it is interesting that they seem to be more of a scare. Not only 
is the testing rate seven times what baseballs is because I think baseballs is at like one point two percent or one point four percent, and 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 basketballs is over seven percent positive in terms of the testing percentage. But basketball is a contact sport, mm-hmm. and baseball is not. And yet the baseball players, the ones going, he, ah, he, <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's really interesting. It's it's really basketball seems raring to go right now, you know. And uh, well, also, and I'm, I'm you sure know, hockey will be the same way. And then baseball is the one that's like, ah, I don't know, is it but worth realize- it? I, I think part of that, though, also for, for basketball guy, players is they played a large portion of their season. You know, they've gone through the they put in the work. And this is like, let's get together, play the tournament, let's and find out thing. who's best. Let's finish this thing. Whereas yeah. baseball players, I think there's more a little bit of a point of, uh, as a baseball player, just saying, e- e- should we should we should we start? <laughs> should we start? This thing at all with what's going on? Nice, nice work, Tommy. Tom Marino. Yes. For those very of you funny. The Astros very funny. actually looking at everyone else's tests. Well, the other thing about baseball too, John, is that their salary structures are so uh, Byzantine in a lot of ways. Like a lot of the high-priced players have already been paid in advance, so these people are playing for for either nothing or pennies. So that's why a guy like Mike Trout is sort of saying, like, what are we what are we doing this for? Right. You know, it 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 depends. And a lot of these minor leaguers and, you know, every team has 60. So there's 30 sort of minor leaguers ask players that are in the on the reserve team, if you will. Those folks on some level, if they're being paid their triple A salary, yeah. are making less than they'd make on unemployment for crying right. out loud. Right. So there's there's a lot of different issues in Major League Baseball, unfortunately. And um, I just think the biggest issue with a lot of the guys, and I mean, I, I think whatever their concerns, they're valid. If you have health concerns, it's valid. If you have you know, family yeah. concerns, all those things are yeah. valid. But I really think the big deal is, uh, unlike hockey and basketball, is these guys haven't ramped it up and gotten started yet. I mean, they were, yeah. you know, guys were in Florida and Arizona for a couple of weeks, maybe at the most before uh, people were sent home. Um, so I, you know, I think there, and, and a number of them have said it, you know, is, is it really worth ramping up and doing this again with for the 68, that we have you know, to what, shut are we, down? what are we doing kind of thing? Is, right. Is for an, for what will clearly be an asterisk <clears throat> champion. You know, if you look at, uh, at the NBA and uh, the NHL, there, there will only be a handful fewer games in the yeah. end. No, there. So I think that's and that's NFL a big as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we'll depending see. on what yeah. happens there, we'll see. We'll see with with the NFL. Let me ask you this though, John. You talked about all the minor league minor league teams who uh, are aren't playing. They're disbanded. All those uh, revenue generating stadiums and towns around them uh, are are done. Are canceled for this mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Uh, Jeff told me when I called him on July 4th, he told me he was seeing his nephew who just signed with FSU in a in a game that they were playing on July 4th, though, by the way, mm-hmm. that they could drive up to their stadium and sort of watch it as a sort of a drive in movie. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know not all minor league stadiums are like this. Right. But some probably have that ability to do that where people can actually watch the games from their cars. Yeah. I, none of the major league stadiums can do this, but maybe some of the minor league stadiums can do this. And if no one's going to see them anyway, Fenway can. So, so th- there you go. The stadiums that can, then you can do that at Fenway, but maybe this is the way to, to throw well, some love the- toward the minor league 
stadiums and 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 all those folks that work there. Who I knows? think the issue there would be how many of them and what what's their uh, geographical location to one another. I mean, you know, it's it's like you might have a couple of stadiums in the Florida League that you can do that, and then there's handful in uh, in single A and double A and triple A. If 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 yeah, if you could find enough stadiums in uh, a close enough geographical uh, yeah. location, then you could possibly do that. I just think, again, and I think what we're seeing with the issues with implementing these these protocols is there are just so many moving pieces. And this had this been the plan, had that been the plan um, uh, back in what, March, if we knew in March, okay, when we can get started again is going to yeah. be late July, let's say mid July, then you could have started to put those wheels in motion. But at this point, I just think, you know, it, it went so far that there was no workable plan. And it's unfortunate because I do think there are probably any number of, uh, of minor league parks where they could get uh, a decent amount of people parked in the outfield. Um, not in the outfield itself, though, that would add to the entertainment quality of the game. I think it would be like a home run derby. Yes. Yeah, exactly. 80 kids running after a ball. I love it. Yes. I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, so I think that's probably it, Mark. I think I think it's a great idea in theory. I just think given the short amount of time that you would have had to put that together, it would have been very, very difficult. All right. All right. Fair enough. So that's our reopening uh, sort of um, gleaning over the reopening things right now. It seems like NBA are feeling they're feeling pretty good about everything right now. They're already coming to Orlando. They're ready to start. NHL finally has some protocols in place. They've got locations in place. And Major League Baseball, as they have this entire time, uh, <laughs> continue to struggle, continue to have multiple voices coming from multiple places, uh, and uh, no one knows really what's going to happen. Let's do, let's do an over-under. John, 80% chance that we will have a 60-game season and a full postseason like Major League Baseball uh, is planning on paper eighty percent. I'm I'm giving that eighty percent over under. What do you take? Uh, I would take the under, but by slight, slightly okay. the under. I was going to say I'm about at this point. I'm about seventy five twenty five on okay. what I think. Uh, it's trending more in the. It would have been eighty twenty a week and a half ago. So it's trending, yeah. but trending slowly. But I'm going to say I'm more optimistic than not that that's going to happen. I'd be a good odds maker because I figured that was far from where you are, and I put it at eighty twenty to see what would happen. You'd, you'd take the under. What would you take, Jeff? Eighty. 80% chance that Major League Baseball has the season they've planned. 60 regular season games and a normal postseason uh, run. I I would go with the over. I, I believe okay. they've made the decision it's going to happen. Jeff's probably right. right. Jeff's probably right. I mean, I just think, and it may be a good opportunity for some guys who wouldn't otherwise get to play because I think you're going to see some more stars dropping out. I think really frightening a lot of people was the fact that Freddie Friedman not only tested positive, but he is struggling with the virus. Now, it seems to be all indications are he doesn't have, you know, the really, really horrible uh, he, he, symptoms, but he's dealing with a pretty uh, a, a pretty tough situation um, medically. And I know that many guys over the last few days have mentioned that in their discussions about what they're thinking about doing. Yeah, it hit him like a ton of bricks, he said. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Tom Marino, I just read a comment, John. I know that's against uh, your religion no at this point. I, but, I have no religion. Uh, uh, well, you know, that's not true. Everyone has everyone has a dogma they live by. And um, 
I will say that uh, it's interesting. He says 30 games in the season, they're going to shut it down because there's too many positive tests. Certainly a possibility. And I think, I think the NBA, once they get in the bubble, has that issue as well. Yeah. Uh, that if, yeah. if, because you've mentioned that they're kind of up in tests anyway, uh, they are. Wise. Um, hopefully once they get into the bubble, maybe that'll be, uh, maybe that'll be prevented, but it's just, it's, it's too difficult. You have people coming from all over the world. And you don't know what the protocol had been for them, you know, the week before they showed up. Days well, and, before and it's going to be interesting to see what happens to a guy like Freddie Freeman or what happens to these positive tests. Like how how debilitating is it? We're going to we're going to find out in real time, actually, about about this disease. We're going to see it play out. Yeah. We're going to see the infection rate. And maybe that's see, what we need. Maybe that's I, what I think, it needs. In my opinion, people. that's exactly what we all need. We all need to we all need to get out of the ethereal about this. Yes, we're listening to experts. Yes, we're looking at stats on websites. But let's see it in real time with. I wouldn't say they're the average age, but I, I bet a lot of, say, baseball players, basketball players, hockey players, they're closer to the mean age of the population. The, mm-hmm. That's not average. It's the mean. Right. Then maybe then maybe you and I are, for instance, or, or even Jeff, perhaps. I'm not sure what the average age is, but that might be the average age of the population. And if we see in real time how it affects them, then maybe we'll have a little bit better, better handle on this thing. And we'll have to thank, you know, the major North American sports for giving, for being the guinea pig. Well, crying out loud. Maybe, maybe it's got to start somewhere again. My, my question is, and I've never had this, uh, I've never been able to find a good answer for this. If in hockey or basketball, if someone tests positive the day after a game or that night after a game, and, and let's just say that they have the, the test that you can get that turnover very quickly. They wouldn't have to. Yeah, they couldn't Test let everyone. those teams play. But they couldn't let those teams play the next day against anyone else, unless they can do a test that they know in fifteen minutes and and go from there. That's what they have to do. They have to have a test that they, they need an immediate it, test. They need it, it really does need to be an immediate test. Or within, yeah. to your point, because you can't even wait like twenty four hours. No, no, no. If you no, play no. a game at seven o'clock at night. You're done at ten. You get a test at eleven o'clock that night, and that test comes back positive. Well. Now you've got to get everybody. What are you going to do? You're going to get everybody. You have to test everybody else, and you have to wait a certain period of time. I, I think that's going to be a, a really difficult thing to deal with, and I hope they have those protocol in place. And I know they're getting tested a lot over there because the ESPN reporters are already over at Disney, and uh, the young lady whose name uh, escapes me, uh, who's really giving us a back a, a backstage look at this says doesn't leave a room at any point in time other than once a day to get tested. They bring the food at a specific time and, and it's, it's no contact delivery and all of those things. But boy, they first time they have somebody test positive after they've played a yeah. game. Now you have both teams and support staff and everybody. It's, it's, it's a daunting task. After further review, would like to thank all of the North American sports for being a guinea pig for <laughs> the coronavirus. So all of us can have some more information as to how to live our normal lives once we see that our family member or our neighbor has tested positive. Been a lot of you. guinea pigging going on here in Florida, too. And, yeah, the, the mean age in well. the U.S. is 38 years old. Wow. Okay. So not far from the mean. Not far from the mean. And uh, they are fitter than the average American. Obviously. Unless they're a left, left-handed reliever. 
And then they can literally look like Jackie Gleason on or, Honeymooners, and it doesn't matter. And in your deep dive a week from Friday, we're going to, you know, or, or if they're Boog Powell, who yeah, I'm sure Powell. learn about because of the 1969 World there Series. A handful of first basemen, power-hitting first basemen who fit that as well. Yes, Greg Luzinski. Greg Luzinski. <laughs> We're going to learn about in my next deep dive, which is how Philly transformed themselves from the worst sports town to the best sports town in less than a decade in the 1970s. So I don't know if we'll ever get out of the late 60s, early 70s. Why should we? Why should we? we? Why should we? All right, let's go back to progressive trivia. Jeff, here I go. Here I go. All right. Let's go. I guess we should go all the way back, right? Yeah, Johnny? we should go back uh, all the way oh, and uh, give oh, you. Oh, Lord. Know what happened there? I don't that, know what happened. Is that you? Is yeah, that I, you? Did, oh, I, did okay. something, I did something horribly wrong. Now, Jeff, can you uh, allow me to fix this on my end without everyone seeing this? Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're good. Do your thing. John and I. This, this got to be go compelling for those yourself. listening. This has got to be compelling for those listening. So, I just, I think. so uh, do you think that maybe the passion of mlb players versus the passion of nba and nhl players has anything to do with it you think they're a less passionate to play their sport bunch uh, well i think uh, uh first of all i think it's a longer it's a longer season and it's more of a slog baseball and it's not it's not a you know baseball players get fired up but you you know what i'm saying it's not it, it, it's not like uh, basketball and hockey in that respect where it's a a, a real yeah, it's a real terribly drive. emotional game at times. But yeah. I think the biggest reason is just because they hadn't started the season. Yeah. I just think they're looking at we're not now trying to finish up something we started. We're starting something under uh, less than perfect. And I'm being so kind circumstances. And is it worth that? So yes. I think that that has more to do. with. I agree. It is a grind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, you know, not not all baseball players are as joyless as Scott Rowland. So uh, joyless, the joyless Scott Rowland. All right, let's uh, let's get back to our progressive trivia. Let's go through our first set of clues. Look for Major League Baseball player past or present. I've spent nine seasons in the majors, played in the National League and the American League. Career numbers, 315, 315 batting average, 315, 315 batting average, 1,500 plus hits, 500 plus RBI. Played in 10 postseason series. I'm a six-time All-Star. I have 13 home runs, 29 RBI in the postseason. Led the American League in steals twice, and I won an MVP. Here's our next set of clues, final set of clues, actually. I'm also an American League Championship Series MVP. Led the AL in hits four consecutive years. I did not know that. That was a really great stat for me. I've won a gold glove, and I also won a now-tainted World Series. There it is. Let a now tainted World Series. Tainted in, in you know, some people's minds. Uh, but uh, anyway, I thought that was a good clue. But yeah, uh, for, Letty Allen hits four consecutive years. That's pretty darn good. All right. I'm getting out of here, Jeff. Here we go. Oh, boy. I all know. Right. Now I can get back to my screen, too, because I didn't write all those down. I had to... I had to uh, I, uh, yes, Jeff, you are absolutely correct in your guess, by the way. It is. Yeah. Um, Terry but, uh, Forster, by the way. Terry Forster. Fat tub of goo. Tub of goo. Fat tub of goo. <laughs> There's the great Terry, the great Terry Forster, David Letterman thing with that. And I think we probably brought it up before. Is that, that Letterman just joking and he'd seen Forster, who was, you know, 
Jerry Forrester was looked like a left-handed. I don't even know if he was left-handed, but he looked like a left-handed reliever. He was a guy who didn't have to stay in shape, any of that. And Letterman started calling him. A, you see this guy? He's a fat tub of goo. And Forrester said when he heard it, he initially was mad, and then he looked in the mirror and went, hey, he's actually sort of right. And then he went on Letterman and actually was on, I think, more than once. So Terry Forrester, the fat tub of goo. Yeah, and you guys used to call yourselves Fat Tubagoo, uh, you and you and uh, Riley Claremont all the oh. time early in the ESPN Club days. My goodness, that's that's a lot of solid self awareness from those guys. Oh goodness, yeah, and I was a Fat Tubagoo. Oh, are you kidding me? Good lord, late forties right. weren't good to me. So, but your fifties have been good. You look good, Johnny. No matter. I'm down in fourteen pounds since this whole look thing at you. started. So. And and you're doing it very slowly and surely. That's the other thing too. That's I did initially like it's like all weight loss. Initially, it happened very quickly. Like the first nine pounds goes off in two days if you just simply don't if you simply don't start with scotch at like eight a.m. Okay, finish up at like three a.m. Hang on, let me take this down. Yes, okay. okay. Don't start with scotch at eight a.m. Don't drink don't drink dark spirits until after five. Five, got it. Yes. And what about light spirits? Vodka? Tequila? Yeah, I don't do vodka. Tequila. Uh yeah, just uh well go 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 light on the salt. Because God knows your blood pressure's probably you know, eight ninety over two seventy. Uh Mr. Uh, Mr. Ferreira and uh, looking at your blood pressure numbers it not sure why blood's not pouring out of your pores at this point. Yes, thank you, doctor. I'll do what I can to. Uh, to uh, honestly, that. just get your affairs in order. Frankly, <laughs> medical science can only do so much. Okay, there's no way you can give me any sort of drugs to tamp that down, to tamp those numbers down to within five hundred and one eighty. That'd be a that'd be a waste of good drugs for people who've got a chance of pulling through. So, All right. I'm sorry, we're the death panel for you. All right, fair enough. So it uh, looks like Joe Connolly and Tom Marino have both gotten it right. Yes, they have. So I guess we could go back to our progressive trivia. All right, let's do it. Here we go. And give everyone the answer. So All right. you, can you get it up on the screen for us? Uh, that- yes. Hang on. All I'm right. sorry. I'm no, no, no. so don't sorry. Have to, don't have to be sorry. It's taking so long. I like long. this three look, by the way. I like this stacked three look. All right, here we go. Here are our clues. Uh, I spent nine years in the majors. You can keep them coming up because I don't. I didn't put my screen back up there. Played in the NL and the AL. Career numbers: three fifteen batting average, fifteen hundred plus hits, five hundred plus RBI. Played in ten postseason series. Next set of clues were six-time All Star, thirteen home runs, twenty-nine RBI in the postseason. Big game player. Led the league in steals twice, and I won an MVP. I'm also an American League Championship Series MVP, led the AL in hits for consecutive years, won a gold glove, won a now-tainted World Series. If you haven't guessed by now, the answer is Jose Altuve. Oh, look at that. A little fancy thing coming in. Altuve also uh, uh, the shortest guy uh, in the majors currently at uh, five. I think he's five 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 six. Great player, though. And I hadn't, I really did not remember that he'd led the AL in hits for five consecutive, or excuse me, four consecutive years. Yeah. That's pretty great, damn impressive. That's great, a great small player. Group. Yeah. This, and it is. And, and there, there are some numbers with Jose Altuve, and I'm getting out of this right now, Jeff. Uh, there are some numbers with Jose Altuve that people have pointed to in terms of the, uh, the problem 
with the Houston Astros and the cheating scandal and all that stuff where he was really hitting hit, hit very well on the at home and, and not good on the road. But for the most part, this guy has been a stellar player. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It really is very, very myopic looks at statistics that prove any of those points went with regards to Jose Altuve. I think that's true. By the way, breaking news that's come down and I'm sure you've seen it. And we've had, uh, we've had people, uh, our friend Joe uh, Conley, I believe actually uh, uh, chimed in about it. And our good friend, Dane Becker, who will shortly take over the show for me. Once Mark uh, continues to uh, uh, Machiavellian uh, moves to, to better market the show. We need a younger, better looking guy. So guess what? You're out. Um, but uh, Patrick Mahomes has signed a 10 year deal with the, with the uh, Kansas city chiefs. I don't have the uh, terms of the it, deal. It, Very doesn't, smart, it doesn't look like that is, uh, has been made uh, clear yet, but it looks like he will be the highest paid. Uh, he will overtake Russell Wilson. And, and rightfully so. I watched the uh, I watched the AFC Championship game uh, almost in its entirety the other day. They were replaying it, uh, truncated version. They skipped ahead a lot. It was like Lindsey Nelson and Notre Dame football highlights. The Titans were unable to sustain a drive, so we jumped forward in the game. But uh, let me ask you this, John: If yeah. you had to win, if not a game, but if you wanted to go into a season where you wanted to, <laughs> thank you, Tom. What what you uh, if you wanted to? You know, get to the Super Bowl, play a full season, get to the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl. Uh, what quarterback would you want? Patrick and I'm going to get. Okay. <laughs> and who would be number two? Probably Russell what? Wilson. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I I think they're the two best quarterbacks in the league. Jeff, how's my defense? Because I was thinking Flacco. You're going to need a defense. Better be a good one. The 85 yeah. Bears. 85 Bears and the 2000 Ravens combined. Right, exactly. You're, we you're, want the two, yeah, because the 85 Bears, John, would you agree their weakest link was their secondary? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So you take the, the Ravens secondary from that 2000 team. Uh, I think Ed Reed was on that team, for instance, and, yeah. and others. Chris so Claiborne uh, was the corner a kid, a, a guy out of USC was had a great career. No, no, they were good on the, they were good on the back end. Um, they were even, everywhere. Even maybe the Seattle Seahawks uh, secondary yeah, from 2013, where you had Bobby Wagner, uh, uh, Richard Sherman in his total prime. Yeah. Anyway, you have, to have, you'd have to have the best defense of all time. Jeff, and then you'd still be point. in trouble. Well, now I, you, I, I asked what I would have, but I, I probably would go with Mahomes at this point as well. Seems to be the total package. Yeah. All right. So, Lenny, if, if, if Mahomes and, and Russell Wilson are out, Lenny will take Jimmy G. Wow. Come on now. Okay. Completion you know, percentage. I'm a Jimmy G fan. I'm a Jimmy G fan. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not one of these guys who thinks Jimmy G is, uh, you, you know, I've, I've seen professional sports, hard to do this on the small camera, it professional is. sports writers talking about, you know, if the Niners want to get over the hump, they might need to look at a quarterback. That's stupid because it he was the top really five stupid. in like five different categories. It's he was really the only stupid. only quarterback in five major categories that was in the top five in all of them in all of the National Football League, and because he lost, because he he would have been the MVP before halfway through right. the uh, fourth quarter. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Perhaps I, I would say a once in a generation. Whoa talent and you know he wasn't him so and, he, and why yeah honestly what would they have said about john elway 
when he got to Super Bowls because he didn't play well in Super Bowls and he was league MVP and didn't play well in Super Bowls for yeah. God's sake. So, so yeah, it's, it's just stupid. So All Jimmy right. G, I'd be, I'd, let me tell you, if you told me he was my starting quarterback, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah, I and I am I am very happy about that. All right, so now before we go, I just want to talk about these docs that we want to see because I want to promo again what you're going to do a week from Friday, John, and I want to promo what I want to do the the, the subsequent deep dive, which it will be two weeks from that as well. And uh, so let's talk about those two, and then let's talk about other documentaries that we would like to see produced that we haven't seen yet. So first talk about what the next deep dive is going to be a week from Friday, John Pelkey. A week from Friday, we're going to look into the 1969 New York Mets. Um, That was, uh, you know, the Mets only became a team in Major League Baseball in 1960. And I think, Mark, you would agree with me. uh, You're old enough not to remember the beginnings of the New York Mets, but you remember the 69 season probably more, more than I do. uh, Clearly I was only five at that point, but um, they were as bad a team as major league baseball has ever seen for probably the first five seasons of their existence. They were just abysmal. And this was at a time when, you know, when you were an expansion team in a sport, it was, you were up against it. You really, really were. And uh, they uh, they pulled off what was indeed a miracle season. Indeed. And a lot of great, uh, lot of great uh, characters to talk about and, and a quite an amazing season and an amazing time to be in New York because it was the city of champions in 1969. Sure was. The Jets won uh, following the 68 season, so in January of 69. And uh, the New York Knicks in the 69-70 season won an NBA championship as well. I don't think the Rangers did anything in 69, no, obviously. Either. No, but uh, it, was, it, was, it was a hell of a time to be a sports fan in New York. So No doubt about it. No. It's going to be fun to dive into it. I like it, and, and it's interesting because New York is really – in a, in a tough place right around that time, really for another 15 years, maybe even you can argue 20 years, but yeah, in 1969, it was a tough time to be even in, in New York city. And so uh, with my conspiracy theories that I've always thought about that, the, the powers that be the Illuminati, the, uh, the oligarchs in charge of everything, uh, always do that to placate the masses. Because remember, <laughs> remember how Pittsburgh in the seventies, the steel industry was yes. really suffering bad. Yes. yes. And so now you have a, a placated populace with the Steelers with four Pittsburgh pirates with two in the eighties. What was the scourge that was hitting the, the country, the plague that was hitting the country in the 1980s, John, that would be AIDS. That would be AIDS centered. Very likely in 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 San Francisco, certainly a certainly a hot spot for it. Yeah, with certainly a hot population. spot. Forty Niners yeah. win four Super Bowls. Uh, you know what happens? Nine eleven. Nine eleven happened in two thousand one. Who ended up? What team name ended up winning the Super Bowl in two thousand one when we were attacked? I'll take the Patriots for five thousand. The Patriots, indeed. I could go on and on, John, yeah. about this. And um, the Yankees did lose the World Series that year. So the the powers that be at least said, my God, yes, as horrible as we are, as terrible as we are, we can't allow that to happen. We can't go this far. We can't go this far. And I don't think that I don't think the Yankees even won uh, 90 games that year. I mean, it was a miracle. They got to seven games. It really was against the uh, and it was a miracle. They even beat the Oakland A's for crying out loud. They just wanted money. They wanted ratings. Yeah, and yeah. and then and then they wanted to break people's hearts. That's what they do. They're like, they're the billionaires that just get to play with people's minds, hearts, and souls. Yes. Yep. 
They're a billion. So, all right. What I like to do, and I've said this from the top with our uh, topic about favorite docs you want to see, is is the town of Philadelphia. In 1972, Sports Illustrated deemed it the worst sports town in America. The Flyers were highly mediocre. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Eagles had just come off a two-win season. The uh, 76ers had come off a nine-win season. And Steve Carlton won 27 games for a team that won 59. That's still the best. That is still the most remarkable. I always talk about remark. We love remarkable statistics in baseball. That just seems almost impossible. Yeah, it does. You have to almost assume that the guys behind him played better when he was pitching because you can't think, my God, was he just literally that much better than every other pitcher on the staff? And the answer to that question is he was that much better than every pitcher on that staff. And every pitcher in the league as well, basically, that he could could, uh, will this this team to win that many games. (laughs) And uh, within eight years, within eight years, the Eagles were in the Super Bowl. The Phillies had won a World Series and then been to the playoffs three other years. The Flyers had won one, maybe two, John. I, I think they won two, 74 and 75, right? Two in a row. Flyers had won two in a row. And uh, the 76ers had, I think, won one on their way to win another in 83, had mm-hmm. Dr. J, and were one of the elite teams in the NBA within eight years. That's a great story, and we've never seen anything about it. And I know no. people, it's because people basically hate Philadelphia because they've booed Santa and they're just miserable, miserable people. I think it's great. I think it's a great one. I think it's a lot of fun. It's great. Now, Jeff, is there anything that we've, that you've mentioned a documentary you want to see? I have not mentioned one yet, but uh, I will come up with one if you'd like me to. I would. Is there anything else, John, off the top of your head? Well, I said I said before that the the two things when we were before we started to do our deep dive, and this is kind of the way we got into it. Is I said I would love to see a documentary on the Amazing A's. I would love to have seen that. Yeah, exactly. Be a wonderful one. And the other one I said was a documentary on how the owners colluded not to improve their teams to keep oh, right. to keep right. uh, player salaries um, uh, in the in the mid eighties with Peter Uberoth, right? Deflated, right? Yeah, um, and you know, all star guys would go out on the market, and no one would no one wanted to sign them. So, and yeah. they really had like a gentleman's agreement, essentially, to to not improve their team so they could keep uh, salaries down. And I think it should have been a much much bigger story. And I think uh, it should have been mentioned in discussions about starting the 2020 baseball season as to another reason. If you're a player, why would you uh, why would you not question everything the owners have done? Because many of the, some of those people still own teams. No, I agree. I mean, I agree. There's so many reasons why players don't trust ownership in Major League Baseball. I agree. Tony Clark has just run with that as opposed to leverage that. I think that's my biggest problem with him. I just think he's not great. You know, I, I will never, never disagree with the fundamental premise of the players having a hugely justifiable mistrust of the owners. Right. But, you know, you need to leverage it. Yeah. You need to leverage it, not run with it. That's just my thought. All right. Anything else before we go, gentlemen? Jeff, did you come up with a? Uh, we, we, did we wait for the next show for you to come up with a with a documentary idea? Because because after the '69 Mets, I, I don't know what I'm going to deep dive into. So I need some help. Yeah, wait for the next show. I'll come up with something or right. a text All message. Right. I'm waiting for the documentary. I'm waiting for the documentary in the bubble about the NBA because if they're smart. 
There's a camera crew there taking tests every day and videotaping all this because if I will say this, if it ends up being successful, and I certainly hope that all of these leagues end up having incredibly successful, fun tournaments, it's going to be great. Um, then that is going to make for one hell of a great documentary. And uh, and frankly, if it does, if it goes south, it's going to make for a good documentary as well. If Adam Silver, if Adam Silver was still running NBA Entertainment like he was in yeah. the late nineties, we yeah. have one. I don't yeah. know who's running it now, but yeah. Uh, should point out though that you know golf really wanted to have uh, was really looking forward for the Memorial Tournament, which is uh, I believe this weekend or next, uh, Jack Nicholas Tournament up there in Dublin, Ohio. They they were going to actually allow people to come in. They were going to space them out, and I think eight thousand people versus you know probably twenty in a normal situation. And uh, they've announced that they're not going to now because of uh, the increasing cases. So you know, couple couple steps back again. Every time we get together. You know, try to be a little optimistic about things, but we've had a couple of more steps back. So, fingers crossed. I'm I'm pulling for them all, man. I'm pulling all for right. them all. All right, that does it for us. For John Pelkey, for Jeff Taylor, who was a great sport in the oh, I don't know, 45 minute debate between him and I early in the show. I'm in conversation. I love that stuff. This has been after further review. Be safe, folks. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. 